Hey everyone, welcome to episode 18 of the Maniac Radio Show. I'm your host, Tech Sergeant Andy Sinclair with the 101st Public Affairs Office here in Bangor. I hope you all had an awesome post-holiday drill weekend. Maybe some training, maybe some out-processing for a new school, or maybe some awesome CBTs that just blew your mind with knowledge. Knowledge that you will hold on to for the rest of your life, and you owe it all to that invigorating CBT. We have a lot to cover in this episode, including an interview with Master Sergeant Hillman from The Age Shop. He has a pretty outstanding story that I think that we would all benefit from by listening to, in which his shop exemplified the meaning of service before self. In fact, the story resulted in The Age Shop receiving Team of the Quarter, if that tells you anything. So he's going to stop by here in a few minutes so we can chat. As always, there is a fresh new Maniac fact for you in the not-so-distant future, as well as an update of what's going on around the wing that you should know about. But I think Sergeant Hillman just got here, so let's bring him in. Master Sergeant Hillman, who is from the 101st Age Shop, is here today. He has a unique story that I think that everybody in the Maine Air National Guard should listen to. Uh, it's When I first heard the story... Uh, I was I was captivated by it, and it, it kind of um, sent off some some uh, some feel good sensors, I guess is, is is the best way to put it. But uh, Sergeant Hillman, thank you for stopping by. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. So, how long have you been in the Maine National Guard? I've been in Maine National Guard since 2009. That's awesome. Has, that, has it always been um, in the age shop? It has always been in the age shop. I've been a full timer there now since the end of uh, 2014. That's awesome. And did you have any prior service before that? I did. I was uh, active Army back in the 90s and then uh, worked right across the runway uh, in the Army National Guard for five years after that until 2004. That's cool. And what did you do in the Army National Guard? Army National Guard, I was a fuel lab specialist. Oh, wow. So can you give me a brief um, a brief description of what your day-to-day job is here in the H-Shop? Sure. Um, typically, we're doing mostly inspections on the ground support equipment for the crew chiefs. Um, we have numerous pieces of equipment there that need to be maintained uh, any point in time so the crew chiefs can actually do the maintenance they need to do on the aircraft. Um, every once in a while, especially here during the winter time, you know, that age equipment will break and then we have to troubleshoot and repair it uh, as needed. And you guys, you guys do that right here? You repair the age equipment here? Yes, yeah, so yeah, we've got a, our own building. It's got five bays in it and all the tools we'll ever need to be able to make those repairs. Would you say that on a, on a weekly basis, day-to-day basis, year-round, I mean, is, is, you guys are pretty busy? Fairly busy. Uh, normally more busy during the winter months. Uh, simply because equipment just doesn't seem to like the cold. You know, the summertime, usually everything goes fairly smoothly. Um, no big issues at all, so we spend the majority of the time just maintaining, doing the major inspections to ensure that they're ready for the winter. Unfortunately, as much preparation as we take during those months, it doesn't guarantee that that equipment is uh, going to run properly when called upon in zero-degree weather. But that's what you guys are there for, right? Exactly. Go outside, freeze your digits off, and <laughs> and, and fix that stuff or, or plug it in. So. Now, from my understanding, I, you guys had a pretty unique story recently where a couple of B1s were here and you guys had to reconfigure some age equipment. Is that correct? Yes, it is correct. Well, the B1s, typically not an aircraft that usually flies in here, um, needs a different uh, uh, voltage level uh, to provide power to it. Um, we didn't have the uh, generator configured for them because they, at the time they didn't uh, need it, but of course, as I said, 
you know, equipment breaks and unfortunately something on their aircraft broke and they needed one of our generators at that time. So that's um, also from my understanding, too, and correct me if I'm wrong, but the, your age equipment, is not, it's not normally configured for anything other than a 135, right? Correct. So what, did you, what, what kind of steps did you guys to take to, to accommodate the B1s while they're here? Well, the generators that we have can provide uh, two levels of, of voltage. It can provide either a low voltage or a high voltage um, for those aircraft that need that. Again, like you just stated, you know, our equipment is typically configured uh, simply for the low voltage aircraft, not just the 135, but there are other low voltage aircraft that that generator will uh, accommodate. Yeah, there is a configuration process that takes approximately 45 minutes with you know a few people uh, to be able to move it over and get it ready for the, the high voltage uh, aircraft. Did they did they show up at normal duty hours or was it after everybody was gone? Or they had been here for a while. They just didn't realize that the equipment on their jet was inoperable until after duty hours. So you guys were off. So um, that, from my understanding, they called or texted you, got a hold of you and a couple other individuals that you work with to maybe come in and, and reconfigure these, right? Yes. Yeah. They uh, finally got in contact after a few attempts with uh, uh, Sergeant Singletary. Uh, who immediately texted me, and I was more than willing to come in and help out uh, with that conversion. Uh, just so happens that uh, uh, Senior Master Sergeant McDonald was already there, kind of coordinating everything, and, and uh, Tech Sergeant Reggie Doerr uh, also just happened to, to show up at the same time. So we had four of us working on it all at once. That's cool. That's, that's awesome. So why, why, but why did you come in? I mean, did they, um, did they slip you a $100 bill, or was it just out of the kindness of your heart? No, what? absolutely not. I mean, it's just a sense of duty. I, I take pride in, in the uniform that I wear, and I understand that there, there's a greater mission, and it has to continue, and, and it may or may not happen during normal duty hours, and I'm perfectly okay with that. Was it even a question in your mind? I mean, what, how, did that, how did that play out for you? No, it wasn't a question in my mind. I mean, I'm fairly close to the base. It's only a six-mile ride. Um, you know, any time that, that I'm called upon, I, I want to be there to, to help everybody out. That's awesome. Yeah. And that's, that, that's the part of the story when I heard it from senior McDonald that kind of captivated me because, you know, you would, you would like to think in a perfect world that we as airmen would wake up every day and put service before self and utilize that core value. And you don't hear stories about it every day. And I think that's why senior McDonald told your story yesterday when I heard it, because he's very proud of that. He's proud of the people that he works with and the people that you work with. And to, to think that you guys, without a question, would drop everything that you've got. You've got personal lives. From my understanding, it was a Friday, right? It was. It was a Friday evening, Labor Day weekend. You know, I'm sure that, that you know, some of these people that, that could have uh, come. We're already away on a small vacation or something along that lines. But no, I, I had no problem at all, and, and neither did the others that, that were there. That says a lot about you, you guys and your shop, and that's that's pretty awesome. Um, and I, I think that's the reason why I wanted you to stop by, or I had asked you to stop by today too, was to um, to kind of talk about that and find out, I guess, maybe a little bit from your perspective, from your point of view, why it is that that drives you the way it does. Um, and you've already kind of touched on that a little bit by saying it's, it's a sense of duty and pride when you wear the uniform. It's good to get reblued every once in a while and hearing stories like yours and your shops um, definitely does reblue everybody. All in all, getting back to the story, how, how long did it take from start to finish to reconfigure and then reconfigure back after when it was all said and done? Yeah, it, like I said, it took us about 45 minutes to get the piece of equipment uh, reconfigured uh, to the voltage that the B1 needed. Uh, we went uh, out to, onto the flight line to ensure that everything was working okay. And we actually left the piece of equipment in its configuration until the next uh, normal duty day. I mean, we have plenty of generators 
uh, to support any other aircraft that were coming in. So, like I said, just in case anything else went wrong, we just kept it as is, and then somebody else took the time the next day to, to reconfigure it. Uh, that's that's really cool, and I hope that by people who are listening to this show, uh, to this podcast, maybe can take something from it the same way I did when I heard the story yesterday. I think it's awesome. What's your What's your viewpoint on being a high speed NCO and doing the things that you do, and why what you think the way you think, which is the way we all should think sometimes when it comes to putting the uniform on and exercising service before self. Was there anything else going through your head when you when, when you came in and led by example, which you did, um, by coming in and, and doing this? I mean, was there, was there any ulterior motive as far as like, what did you hope that your shop learns from this whole experience? To kind of go a little further into the question, you know, as far as an ulterior motive, the sense of pride deals with the fact that I am a maniac and there's, you know, a tradition to uphold here. I mean, we, we are world famous, you know, and I hope to be, you know, uh, or hope to help continue that, that tradition and being famous well into the future as well. And I think it's important for us to show not only the, the rest of the Air Force, but the you know, rest of the world that, that we are needed here. Yeah, coming in obviously was an easy choice for me. Setting the example, I think, is an important part of, of any, you know, NCO's day-to-day -day actions. And I do hope that uh, the lower enlisted or the, those that are following any NCO can look up and say, you know, that's what, that's what I'm supposed to be like. That, that's what I want to be like. It, it's hard to quantify that or put that back into those, those core values when you already hold those core values. You know, it's something I, I live by them, but it's more because that's just how I feel. That's how I was raised. When somebody asked me to come in to do a little extra work, yeah, no problem at all. I, I have no problem with that because I understand that, you know, again, we are part of a bigger picture and these people are relying on us to complete their mission. So, yeah, I want to be part of that. And I guess that's kind of, and you, you put it way better than I did. Um, I guess that's kind of what I was getting at was that in hearing what you just said is that it's more of the way you think and the way, the way you acted and the way your coworkers thought and acted um, to come in selflessly and work on, on on this age equipment to get it configured, to complete the mission, to continue the mission. It's not about that's the way you should you should think, and that's the way you're being told to think. That's the way you do think automatically, and that's why it was seamless. And that's why it seems so smooth because there's no resistance. It was just wasn't even a question. You guys came in and did it, and I think that's why everyone everyone is captivated by the, that story. Again. Uh, congratulations on on your promotion and your uh, as well as your team of the quarter. Um, and I know again we all appreciate what you guys do and the outlook that you have toward the Maniac mission. Um, so again, Sergeant Hillman, thank you for coming in. Oh, thank you for having me. Awesome. Okay, so earlier I said that we have a lot to cover in this episode, and we do, so let's jump into all of the good stuff. Lieutenant Colonel Neto recently received his Inspector General badge, which for those of you who don't know is an outstanding accomplishment. He just completed the Inspector General School, and now he has a new title. I'm not entirely sure what that title is, but I'm sure it's something to the effect of Skilled Inspector General Analysis Coordinator Craftsman Professional. I'm sure it's not that lengthy, but you know how the Air Force likes its technical terms. But either way, congratulations, Colonel Neto, on your outstanding accomplishment, and we look forward to having you as our new Wing Inspector General. Speaking of the IG, Lieutenant Colonel Gillis is the new IGN. And before you say to yourself, IGN must stand for Information Genius Narrator, in fact, 
that stands for Inspector General Nuclear. Colonel Gillis seems very eager to take on his new role as IGN here at the wing. And I, I can't really talk about what his job entails for obvious OPSEC reasons, and mostly because I have no idea. But if you happen to see Colonel Gillis around, I'm sure he'd be more than happy to talk to you about it. He's very easy to talk to. So congratulations, Colonel Gillis, on your new position here at the wing. Also relatively new to our wing, she's been here for a little while, is our new financial advisor. She's helped numerous maniacs on their banking, taxes, and even mileage when it comes to traveling to and from the wing. If you have any questions whatsoever or you want to speak to her or talk to her, she also is very easy to talk to. So contact your supervisor to get her contact information if you don't already have it. But if you have any questions whatsoever, I highly recommend you talk to her. Also, if you didn't already know, the Maniacs have an outstanding reputation worldwide. We've been to all corners of the globe. Everybody in the military recognizes our patch and we are an outstanding refueling unit that exercises a tradition of excellence, teamwork, and commitment to the mission. But this month, there's one more thing that we will be able to add to our Maniac legacy, and that's the 2017 inauguration. The Maniacs will and are taking part in this year's inauguration, which is not only an awesome accomplishment, but a privilege as well. So to the airmen that are working the inauguration, you guys are awesome and way to carry on the Maniac legacy. Also, the Red Cross visited the 101st Air Refueling Wing over drill weekend, and it was a big success. So to those of you who took time from those invigorating CBTs to go down and to give blood, thank you for stepping up. And last but not least, the 2017 Airman Development Seminar dates have been released. If you haven't been to one in the past, or maybe you have been to one, but you want to go again, make sure you mark it in your calendar for June 23rd and June 24th. It is an awesome experience, and I highly recommend that if you haven't gone, that you go and that if you have airmen in your shop that haven't gone, you urge them to go because it is a very beneficial experience that leaves you with a broader perspective on how the maniacs do business. So again, those dates are the 23rd and 24th of June. Make sure you write that down. And it's that time again, everybody, for your maniac fact. Today's Maniac Fact is brought to you by the 101st Cyber Transport Systems, who provide communication through connection. A vast global communications network is one of the many things that makes us the most powerful air force on the planet. Making sure the underlining infrastructure of this network is operating properly is the responsibility of cyber transport system specialists. Whether it's repairing a network hub at a stateside base or installing fiber optic cable at a forward installation overseas, these experts keep our communication systems up and running and play an integral role in our continuing success. For more information on how you can become a cyber transport system specialist, contact your local recruiter. And here is your maniac fact. The year is 1986, and back then, Brigadier Generals completed what is known as the Brigadier General Orientation Course, or better known as the Charm School. Included in the curriculum is a tour of bases representing major air commands, and this includes a visit to Lackland Air Force Base in Texas, the gateway to the Air Force. While at Lackland, the new generals have an opportunity to meet with basic trainees and later to accompany them through the confidence course, also known as the obstacle course. In 1986, Brigadier General Roy C. Martin was captured on film during his tour at Lackland Air Force Base and running through the obstacle course with basic trainees. For the most part, General Martin kept up with all of the new airmen as they challenged their bodies both physically and mentally. It wasn't until the monkey bars when Brigadier General Martin splashed into the pool below. Oh no!
But if you ask me, that's pretty awesome that a Brigadier General was able to keep up with these new airmen as well as he did. And it's just one more piece of Maniac history that adds to the solid foundation that is the Maniacs. And that's all the time we have for this episode of the Maniac Radio Show. I'm your host, Tech Sergeant Andy Sinclair with the 101st Public Affairs Office here in Bangor. Don't forget to head over to our Facebook and Instagram pages by searching 101STARW, where you'll find daily updates with photos and videos on what's going on around the wing. Give us a like, give us a follow, share our content. Because in today's day and age, the more content you share, the more our Maniac story will get out. I talked about the outstanding Maniac reputation we have around the world. World, people love to hear and see what it is that we're doing. If you don't believe me, you can head over to our Facebook page and look at a video that was shot on Chief Moore's Pearl Harbor speech. It's generated over 25,000 views worldwide. And when you put that in perspective of how many wing members we have out here, that's a lot of maniac lovers loving our story with love. So if you're not already following or you haven't already liked our social media pages, make sure you head over to Instagram and Facebook and search 101STARW. And while you're at it, make sure you hit up the official Vice Wing Commanders Facebook and Instagram by searching CV.101ARW. You'll find different content on his pages with photos he's taken. He has some awesome content, so make sure you go over there and check him out. Again, that's CV.101ARW. But that's it. That's all the content we have. And until next time, so long and just like our main here in the age shop don't forget to be awesome see you later